Greetings all, and welcome to Where Shall I Begin? I'm Jay Gatling, and this is the podcast where we share in some fantastic stories together. Well folks, today marks the beginning of the end of Season 1 of Where Shall I Begin? It's the start of our final story. Up to now, I have shared with you some fab tales that have all been in the public domain, out of copyright, and available for anyone to use. Well, that is not the case with our final story. This one is still very much in copyright. How do I know this, and how can I share it with you today? Well, that's because our final story of the season is written by me. That's right, I'm putting my own work on the line for the first time ever. So, uh, be gentle. This is one story from an anthology I'm writing based in my own fictional universe. Each tale in the book deals with a day in the life of one of the heroes from this universe known as the Ten Galaxies. So, the time has come, and I'll be honest, I'm a little bit nervous. Folks, grab yourself a nice hot beverage and your favourite snack, and settle in for a tale from the Ten Galaxies. This is part one of The Hunter. This was a bad idea. No, no, no. That small three-letter word wasn't enough to properly describe the ludicrous level of bad that was in this superbly dumb idea. No, no, no. This was a stupendously, astronomically, utterly, comically, impossibly, stupidly bad idea. They'd not only kicked the hornet's nest, they'd kicked the bear in the unmentionables and poked the honey badger with a particularly unpleasant stick at the same time. And it wasn't even his plan. He was part of a group hired by some lesser criminal nobody who had a rather unwise grudge against the man whom they had just supremely annoyed. Well, he didn't know that for absolute certainty, but it was pretty much a given. Once the target had discovered what had happened, it would have the desired effect their current bus wanted and he would come a-calling knocking on their door, and most likely their heads. Again. The thing was, Barry hadn't a clue who his latest employer was, or what aspirations he had, except maybe an early grave, but he knew all the stories related to the guy they had just robbed of his best friend. This guy had legends about him flying around the ten galaxies, some even bordering on myth they were so unbelievable. But even though Barry had heard every one of these stories, even enjoyed a few of them, The truth was he had experienced some of them firsthand, and those he had not enjoyed, not in the slightest. The hunter, as he was known by most, primarily due to his occupation as a bounty hunter, but also down to the fact that he was an apex predator, a hunter down to the marrow, was a loyal man to his friends and family, unflinching loyalty, and woe betide those who harmed his family as vengeance always came on swift wings, swifter than one could possibly imagine. And that was the biggest problem for Barry. He never found himself on the hunter's side. He was always opposing the guy, and he'd come to learn very early on that that was the one place no sane individual would willingly find themselves on. But Barry didn't call the shots, did he? He just went where he was told, did what he was told to do, and got paid at the end of it. Four times. 
four times he had been on the opposite side to the hunter. The first time he was blissfully unaware of the man, short of the legends, and at that time they were so otherworldly, so impossible, that they could only be stories from bored, hired thugs like himself, something to kill some time at the bar between jobs. But Barry was soon to find out that they were not simply legends. He'd been patrolling some bloke's warehouse full of stolen goods. Stolen goods and other things. Things he was not privy to know about, but could guess were worse than a few stolen microwaves. When he could have sworn he heard something moving in the shadows. He had closed in on where he heard the sound and that's when he saw them. Two deathly white, pupilless eyes glowing in the dark. He was so shocked at the sight that he didn't have time to react, and the next thing he knew he was waking up with two broken arms and a concussion, which had him hospitalised for three weeks. The second time he faced him was head-on with two of his mates. They had caught him as he entered the inner sanctum of the latest nitwit who had managed to garner the attention of the hunter, and were doing their job to try and stop him. His mates went down pretty sharpish. Lewis was lucky and was only rendered unconscious. Peter? Uh, not so much. He lost his right arm and big toe. Admittedly, Peter now had a pretty sweet cybernetic arm, but he would have rather chosen to have one than be forced into the situation. Whenever someone complimented him on it, he always replied, I didn't choose this. Which left Barry alone, again, with the hunter. Again. This was the meeting where he learned that the stories that referenced the hunter's skill with a blade were not exaggerated. He was a master swordsman and rarely, if ever, used a gun. And there was Barry, with nothing more than his nightstick, some uneducated courage and a grudge from last time. Last time he wasn't ready. Last time he was taken unaware. This time, this time would be different. This time was not different. Now, Barry was trained in basic martial arts with and without a weapon, so he got in a few good blows but a few was all he was allowed. At the time, Barry liked to think that he could have got him, that he was on par with this masked bounty hunter. But he later realised that the bugger was just playing with him, toying with him like a bored predator does its prey, and was just waiting to finish the job. And finish it he did, with style and aplomb. A few more strikes from Barry, and the hunter turned the table so fast it made his head spin. The comeback was vicious and quick. Luckily, Barry saw the killing blow and was able to deflect it. Barely. But it was followed up with the hilt of the hunter's sword smacking him in the temple and bringing back all those pretty stars before the blackness consumed him. The third time, his company had been hired as part of a larger task force that was to fortify one of the more well-known criminal elements of the Ten Galaxies. This time, they had all been made aware that the hunter was on his way. But this time, it wouldn't just be him alone the whole goddamn team. The full brotherhood of the blade and friends. They were to expect the angel, the knight, the sorceress, the man and metal, and whoever else they had on side. This was to be a full-scale attack. Why? Uh, Barry wasn't one to ask questions, though really he was starting to think, with the way these events had turned out, he probably should. And if the words the and hunter were anywhere near the job, it would be time to take some unpaid leave. Anyway, his role in this small-scale war was to partake in one of his favourite parts of the job, Sniper. He loved it as not only was he, by his own admission, pretty good at it, but it kept him a good distance away from where most of the action was 
and that meant he was highly unlikely to have to face down any of the so-called galaxy's heroes and wasn't going to go home with yet another broken limb. Once more, he was wrong. He watched the attack on his employers, let's just call it a castle, begin from about half a mile away. But with his scope, a high-end Jackson and Smith sniper scope, which not only could fire from further than his current position, it allowed him a clear view of the fight as though he was right in the middle of it. He watched as the heroes led in a small army. There was law enforcement, other bounty hunters, actual military. God knows what his employer had done to garner such attention, but judging purely off the bloke's rep, it must have been bad. Again, he really should ask more questions. Barry began taking out what targets he could, supporting his fellowed hired thugs and keeping a clean line between the castle and the invading force. No one crossed his sights and left them alive or uninjured. Well, that was a little bit of a lie. He had got the angel square in his sights, but that swine actually blocked the bullet with a sword. A Jackson and Smith calibre sniper bullet with a frickin' sword. But that was a whole other story. Regardless, Barry was doing his job and that's when he heard a crunch from behind. A rookie mistake when trying to sneak up on someone, but Barry believed that the hunter had done it on purpose. To give him a fighting chance. Or maybe he was just toying with him again. He turned to see the hunter standing over him, two vicious-looking blades held one in each hand. But that wasn't the first thing that struck him. No, that would be the foot later on. The first thing that caught his attention was that the hunter wasn't wearing his iconic mask. The mask was part of all the stories. A black void with nothing on it except a pair of white, soulless, pupilless eyes, like those of a shark or a spider, a mask designed to evoke fear in its observer. But Barry thought the guy didn't need it. His face was scary enough. He had a head of silver-grey hair, shaved down to a buzz cut, a pair of crystal-blue piercing eyes with trouble behind them, a jaw set like stone with a mouth curled into a sneer. But all that was clearly overshadowed by the one defining feature of this war-torn face. A scar. A scar that trailed its way from the top right of his forehead down through his right eye and ending halfway down his right cheek. It was the scar that gave the hunter a particularly demonic visage. It was a face that had seen things and done things. Did that make any sense? Yeah, Barry was going with it. But it was also a face that was currently lunging at him. Barry instinctively brought the sniper rifle up in defence and was able to strike the hunter in the stomach hard enough that it winded the assailant and forced him to move back. He recovered extremely quickly though and Barry had only just enough time to get up raise the rifle to shoot and receive an unbelievably powerful kick to the stomach that sent him hurtling backwards and over the edge of the cliff he had set himself up on. Honestly, as he fell, Barry was convinced that this was it for him. End of the road. Off to the next life. Hasta la vista and all that jazz. But then he started hitting trees and they very kindly slowed his descent for him, whilst also slapping him in the face and scratching at every exposed piece of skin and he was pretty sure a squirrel gave him a quick kick just for good measure. Or that could have just been his pain-addled mind, though he was more cautious around squirrels ever since. That one added up to four months in the hospital. It was a prison hospital, of course, but beggars can't be choosers. He was lucky anyone had found him at all. 
The fourth and most recent time, Barry, luckily, didn't have to deal with the hunter directly at all. He just witnessed what happened. And unusual didn't really sum it up correctly. Once more, his team was working for a less than salubrious member of the galaxy. Honestly, a straight clean job wouldn't go amiss every now and then. You know, the sort that didn't get super-powered heroes knocking on your door. He really did need to have a chat with the boss about that one. Anyway, when the hunter arrived. But this was not the hunter as he knew him. He was feral, animalistic, utterly berserk. The style and precision that Barry had come to associate with the man was all gone, and he was just storming in there, clothing torn, teeth bared, not a weapon on him, and tearing into the opposing force with his bare hands. Luckily, and he used the term loosely, this made him extremely sloppy. Now, don't get him wrong, it took most of the unit to apply enough damage to take the hunter down in this state, but eventually they managed to knock him out cold. On the orders of their current boss, they were to throw him into containment. What happened then, Barry only heard about. The hunter had woken and was far calmer and back to his original calculating self, and had sat in the middle of his cell, legs crossed, waiting. It was made abundantly clear later what he was waiting for. His two friends, the other two members of the Brotherhood of Blade, the Angel and the Knight, had shown up, broken him out of his cell, finished off whatever business they had with the unsavory type who had hired Barry and his mates, and disappeared off into the night. And who was Barry to say, if the three ludicrously agile silhouettes he'd spied escaping over the compound wall were the three men he was meant to be keeping an eye out for and stopping? I mean, really, at that time he was on break, so he wasn't going to check. No, sir, not him. With all this information and more, Barry would reiterate his previous summation of the situation he currently found himself in, and what he thought of their current employer's plan. This was a supremely, totally, utterly, astronomically, universally, extremely, were there enough words ending in L-Y that could properly describe the magnitude of dumb that was this idea probably not, bad idea. Stop it. The voice from his left brought Barry out of his reverie and gained his attention. Stop what? Frank, his friend and current partner for guard duty of this particularly uninteresting door, gave him a look. A look he had given him many times before. A look that said, you know what. But a look that also didn't stop him from saying it out loud. You know what? said Frank. You're being awfully vague, Frank. I couldn't possibly know what what you want me to stop. Then allow me to be more concise. Quick as you like, Frank smacked Barry upside his head like a mother would a naughty child. Stop thinking. You're not paid to think. You're paid to stand there and look menacing, a job which, if we're being honest, is still a smidge out of your remit. But you're better at that than you are at thinking, so stop it. How can you tell I'm thinking? I'm just standing here as menacing as you like. It's your face. My face? There's that vagueness again. It scrunches up when you get all thoughtful. You know, the sort of face a toddler gives when they're trying to squeeze one out. And we go from vague to a touch too descriptive. Thanks, Frank. Look, all I'm saying is, whenever you get into one of your thinking moods, it means nothing but trouble for me. How is it trouble for you? A man's thoughts are his own, are they not? Don't concern you any. Oh, if only that were true. You get a thought going, and you just have to share it, and that means a shift of eight hours standing here listening to you gripe and moot ideas or worry about this or that. So, I repeat my previous instruction to your thick skull. 
Stop it. Fine, fine. Wasn't going to bother you with it anyway. Good, good. They stood there, silent and still, looking as menacing as was possible for either of them, guarding the rather uninteresting door. What was this door anyway, Barry thought. Where'd it go? He brought up a map of the complex in his mind and remembered where the rest of the unit was stationed. And then it dawned on him. This was the back way in. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. That was a bad place to be considering who their special guest was. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I'm not listening, Barry. I don't want to know. But this is the back door, Frank. The lightly guarded, easier to access back door. Your point being, I kind of thought this was the easier of the assignments on this job. Nice and quiet. Frank, think about it. Whose house did we just invade earlier this week? Whose best friend did we just kidnap to garner their attention? And who do you think won't hesitate to take the path of least resistance? Frank took a moment, and then the colour drained from his face. Oh, stone me. Nah, nah, it's, it's probably fine, right? I mean, it's, it's been three weeks. He most likely still hasn't found out where we are yet, right? And we'll be on a different assignment by the time he does. Right? Judging by our past luck in this matter, I doubt it. Oh, I could really do without another trip to the hospital. My joints still ache just from thinking about the last time I went head on with him. What do we do? Barry stood quietly for a moment, thinking it through. Then an idea struck him. The perfect plan to ensure no bodily harm would befall either of them. He stood bolt upright and pointed into the surrounding trees. What's that? What's what? I don't see nothing. Well, I did. We'd best go check it out just in case, don't you think? Barry gave a none too subtle wink to his comrade. Oh, oh, yes. Well, we should. Don't want anyone sneaking up on us now, would we? No, you wouldn't. They both froze stock still at the voice that seemed to come from nowhere. A gravelled, gruff, and overly confident in its threat voice. Oh, stone me, whimpered Frank. Barry attempted to take the assertive role, to take control of the situation that they found themselves in. He sucked in all the fear he could, keeping the stammer out of his words, and spoke into the shadows. Who goes there? He didn't even need to look at Frank to know that the guy was staring at him with complete disappointment. Even Barry had to admit, that was pretty weak. Your worst nightmare, replied the voice. Okay. Barry thought that was a pretty cool comeback. Certainly sent shivers up his spine. But he couldn't let it stand there. He had to reply, if only to prolong the inevitable and to distract him from how full his bladder suddenly was. Hey, how, how do you know what my worst nightmare is? Could be suspicious-looking squirrels. Not having cash to tip a particularly good waiter or... or Clans! Clans are still scary, right? Clans will never not be scary, said Frank. Exactly! Are any of those things your worst nightmare? said the voice, now with slight confusion at the conversation it now found itself in. Barry paused. Nah, but they could be. Look, as riveting as this is, I'm in a bit of a tight timetable here, so I have one question, and you're going to answer it quickly. Where is Elijah? Don't know who you're talking about, mate, said Barry, with as much confidence and bravado as he could muster 
still scanning the shadows for the location of the voice. Every time it spoke, it seemed to come from a different angle. And then there was laughter, but completely devoid of humour and entirely full of venom and threat. (laughs) Nice try, but you're a poor liar. I know your face. You were there when Elijah was taken. My security caught it all. I'd say that it was a poor operation, but I get the feeling this was intended. Something that was meant to grab my attention and bring me here. So I'll ask you again, where is he? For a brief moment, Barry felt a ridiculous dedication to his job and his employer. His task was, after all, to keep intruders out. But on the other hand, this was exactly what their current employer was after, and he was not paid enough to suffer the sort of injury he knew was coming his way if he blocked this man's path. He was about to open his mouth when, Through this door, three floors down, and Lucius Lakefield is waiting for you. Please don't hurt us! The words poured out of Frank's mouth at an immense speed, almost blurring into one unintelligible mess. Thank you, said the voice. So, uh, that's it, right? You're not going to hurt us? asked Barry. Now that, gentlemen, is where I have a problem. No, no, no problem. We'll just go on our break. We we never saw you. I mean, technically we haven't. So we'll just grab a cuppa and uh, you can be on your way. A lovely option, to be sure. But you see, guys, it just wouldn't make sense tactically. You see, at some point, the alarm will be raised. Trust me on this one. And all you loyal guards will come charging in as you're paid to. And I wouldn't want you to not do your job. That's just not professional. And looking at you both... You're clearly professionals. Well, loyal may be pushing it, but I suppose you could class us as professional. But so am I. And leaving enemies in my back just isn't cricket. Barry let out a long, hard sigh. (sighs) You plan to kill us? Depends. You gonna put up a fight? Barry looked over at Frank, who shook his head furiously. We know we don't stand a chance against you. We know who you are. So, uh, not today. Nah. Fair enough. The next thing they heard was an odd whistling sound through the air, and they were able to catch a glimpse of some strange-looking boomerangs heading straight towards them before those pretty stars appeared again, and then darkness descended. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Where Shall I Begin? So, what do you think so far? I hope you're enjoying it. We shall conclude the story next week as we find out more about the hunter and whether his mission will be a success. So I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, if you haven't already, please do give the podcast a follow, share it with your friends, and if you're feeling particularly fantastic today and on iTunes, then do leave us a review. And finally, let me know what you thought of today's story by heading over to my Facebook page, Jay Gatling voiceover artist and leaving a comment. But that is all for now. Join me next time as we end the season with the finale of The Hunter. Bye for now. <laughs>